Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. Our mission is simple to discuss the video games we are playing, to discuss all issues surrounding gaming, and to cultivate a community of people who want to discuss gaming together. The 2010s were an interesting and wild decade, with the first half seeing some of the most brilliant games in recent memory. The second half also had a whole host of incredible games, but at times it was difficult to forget the torrential shitstorm the world was slowly descending into. But let's not even think about that. Let's instead focus on celebrating what a magnificent decade of gaming it was. Even though it was a shoe a shoe a few short years ago, shoe. we are shoe. We are going to attempt to name some of the most influential games of the 2010s. After hashing that out, we'll discuss the games we've been playing such as Tinykin, Saints Row, the Walking Dead Michonne, and Midnight Fight Express. So, let's get into some intros. My name is Shay, and I am your host for today. Joining me is a dear friend who has been tempted to call me an idiot numerous times, but then is softly reminded of all of the people who take their pants off on New York subways and shave their pubes. Always keeping it in perspective, please welcome Rich Meister. Now, Rich, what's the absolute worst thing you've ever done on a New York subway? That I've done? Yes. Huh. I don't know. Um, one Halloween, we definitely scared a bunch of people off a subway car because my friend was, like, moving up and down making witch doctor noises, but I don't know if that counts. We were all pretty drunk. What are witch doctor noises? I don't know, because in retro... I don't want to do it, because in retrospect, it seems racist. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, maybe don't do that. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like cultural appropriation. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. How did the other person respond? By, leave, by leaving the subway car. Did they yell at anything at you guys, or just... No, they were white. Okay. Oh, I mean, that's the... That's the perfect group of people to yell at. Yeah, the only people we're gonna fuck with are white people. That's true. That's true. Well, you know, I was expecting... Preferably that are smaller than us. That, that's true. But how are you doing this week, man? Um, not bad. You know, we're here early. Um, Earlier than usual, yeah. Earlier than usual. This only worked for, this worked for me because, if I'm being honest with you, I needed a, a rest day anyway to get home a little early. Because I've been going too fucking hard at the gym, and my calves are, like, fucking tight as all hell. Oh like, yeah. Uh, don't, don't make this a weird thing. Don't make this weird. Um, Sorry. Make it weird. Um, yeah, no, I'm just, like, sore as all fucking hell, and I've been pushing things a little bit, uh, a little bit too hard, maybe. Yeah, it's good, like, when that happens, to just have a day to you know, reassess and come back. For sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad you're here, man. I'm glad we're going to talk about some video games and hopefully we'll be watching some quote unquote premium TV after this, depending on when we finish. We'll see how it works out. 
That's how you work out, motherfucker. Um, I'm also joined by my good friend who once made a special promise to me. They promised me that if I ever stuck my head too far up my own ass, they'd tickle my gooch with an ostrich feather. Always known for being subtly on the nose, please welcome Joshua, my friend, dear Josh Fowler. I don't know why I did that. Uh, Josh, have you ever eaten an ostrich egg before? No, I don't. No, I've not. I don't. <clears throat> How about an emu egg? I don't think so. I know, I know I've had meat from emu, but I don't, I, don't, I don't think I've had the eggs of either of those. Okay. Okay. Meat is delicious. I've had uh, an emu egg, and they're pretty good. I mean, hmm. they taste very egg-like, but they're still delicious. All right. You know, as to be expected. But no, how how was your week? Um, I don't know. Not great. Um, next question. Yeah, I've I've got. I'm still still getting over this COVID stuff, but in the last week, oh, everything real, everything Josh. settling in my chest has just gotten me coughing uncontrollably, like to the point where I'm just, you know, we hadn't noticed about to retch and. That that just so you know, you know how it gets whenever you're just, you know, coughing until you're sore. So, yeah, I, you know, I I had COVID almost a month ago, and for the most part, I'm over the symptoms. But if I like, if I'm laughing too hard, or if I if I just caught in get caught in a coughing fit, <clears throat> it's like it brings back some of that crud that's probably still sitting there. But yeah, uh, I, I was in a laughing fit a few days ago and I almost started vomiting because I was laughing and coughing so hard. Reminded mm-hmm. me of having COVID a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So this should be interesting because so far, like best defense has been trying not to breathe or talk too much. So. Yeah. So yeah, I, we'll 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 see. So what you've the, been coughing on strangers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know what we'll do for you, Josh. We'll reverse or re uh, rework the order a little bit. Uh huh. And that way, you can speak last. Gives you some time to think and you know make your thoughts as succinct as you want to make them. Minimize the stress. Yeah, I answer everything impulsively. Uh huh. I like when you do that. Ah! There's the witch doctor noise. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so maybe today's topic is uh, it's a doozy of one. This one's going to be hard. Uh, you know, we've it's been kind of the doing these, these topics where we're trying to, you know, relive our past mainly, but no, also we are trying to, you know, decide between the three of us what are some of the most influential or most important or best gaming experiences uh, under diff- different conditions. And we recently, obviously, came out of the 2010s, unfortunately, um, slash fortunately. I don't know how I feel about it yet still. Still deciding that. But gaming was so awesome in the 2010s. There was a lot 
there were a lot of good games that came out. There were some pretty incredible advancements. We saw tr- some trends come and go. And so it, I don't think it was probably as influential as some of the other dec- decades as a whole. But on the back end, there were certainly some incredibly, incredibly influential games. So I'm going to be curious what each one of us kind of decide. Um, it's going to be the same as last time. Each one of us are going to get two uh, choices to add there because it's likely that we will have some overlap there, and I want to make sure there's enough for discussion. So sure. each of us will get yeah. two. And if there are some that are like, I had that same answer, that's fine. Um, I, I think we can even take it so far as saying if some of us had the same answer, that will give us the chance to say another answer like the max we should probably have is eight i would think you know because we're does that make sense would yeah. it be six well six yes but like for example rich if you and i have the same answer but you stated as your answer that will give me the chance to say two still yeah yeah but what i'm saying still the max would be six then i'm saying i'm capping it at eight. Oh. But I don't think that would happen, though. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll Two see what happens. times. Yeah. Carry yeah. Eight. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see how it works. I, I didn't do a great job of explaining it, but it'll make sense. Rich, what is your first offering for this topic? All right. Let me shake it out a little bit. Um, I'm not going to go with the incredibly obvious one because uh, too obvious. You know what I mean? Uh, so one that actually came to my mind, especially in terms of how it affected the indie scene, was 2016's Stardew Valley. Um, and I say that because I think Stardew Valley, uh, like, reignited, not created, but re- completely reignited this love of, like, the farming sim. And also kind of marrying the farming sim with other things, like, there's dungeoneering and fishing and this and that and the animal crossing harvest moon adjacent but with new trappings like there's a million games like that now stardew is i think one of the biggest especially coming from a single developer um out of that pocket but like we continue to see like i feel like i'm checking out a new one of those little slice of life games every week nowadays and i think the like renaissance of that genre started with (laughs) stardew valley i definitely think you're right when i was kind of when I had sent you that graphic last night and I was making that graphic earlier this week, I was looking at a bunch of different games for the 2010s. And while I didn't per se get into Stardew Valley, and I know there's some other games that uh, preceded that that are similar in that vein. Yes, I think that that whole feel-good vibe um, of gaming kind of saw a second coming with uh, Stardew Valley. Yeah, I think that was the big one that put it back in the the consciousness of like the mainstream and that that train has just not stopped rolling. No, not yeah. at all. I mean, so much so that um sometimes we are looking for those games that are just have those vibes of just calm and cozy. Ooblets hit 1.0 today and because I I'm, I'm throwing that out there to say like because it hit 1.0 today. Uh, I will probably be talking about that next week, but it's like I get Baron Breakfast, like all these sort of like that cozy 
simulator vibe with some different trappings like oh man they just they don't stop man they're coming and coming and coming and i wouldn't have it any other way i think it's good too because they are really nice uh not to get too tangential they're really nice palate cleansers for when you play a longer more in-depth game it's Bro, nice to have one of those they don't cleanse no palates i put 400 hours into stardew valley i mean still but that i i still view that as like cleansing the palate of years of breaking your back quote unquote over rpgs and stuff like that sure sure it's a different thing you just needed a very deep thorough cleansing yeah like like you needed tiny creatures to go in there and scrape every fucking centimeter of that palette which was the 400 hours of you playing that game yeah Sorry, my metaphor is lost on you. Yes. <laughs> All right, this is going to be a no but show today, not a yes and show. Got it. No, but fuck you. <laughs> there we go. You yes anded my joke about no buts. All right. Uh, this one is going to come as no surprise to anybody here. I definitely have to mention uh, the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim as being oh, I've never one heard of that. Most... Yeah, I know. As being it, one of the most influential game. <laughs> oh, that's that game I reviewed for the Amazon Alexa. Yeah. Uh, as one of the most influential games of the 2010s. Obviously, that this is not the first entry into this series, but this is this game Skyrim is the one that made it mainstream. And while we were seeing um open world slash sandbox games become bigger and more prominent obviously grand theft auto 3 and vice city and san andreas were big proponents of that i don't think we saw it at the scale that we did until we saw skyrim where skyrim basically made it cool and almost essential for games to have additional content that would basically make the game seem never ending it would make the game seem never ending and i feel like a lot of companies and a lot of developers felt pressure to put this additional content in their games and make their games bigger and almost to the point where some games have it so or have integrated that so deeply that some games almost don't respect the time of uh the average gamer and that's not that's not skyrim's fault but that is the influence to to some degree of skyrim is these games need to be massive and they need to have so much additional content um to where you could just realistically play this game forever and ever and ever i mean skyrim is still popular 11 years later because of that idea of having never-ending content or exploring a game where you're constantly going to find things even hundreds of hours later so um i don't like i'm not saying skyrim is one of my favorite games or like top five favorite games of the 2010s even though i very much love that game i just do think it is incredibly influential um so got got included on yeah yeah there was definitely a ton of people chasing the high of that the scope of that world um 
yeah. for years to come. So there, there's no denying that. Yeah, I mean, like, I still see some influence now to some degree. I mean, you can look at games like Horizon Forbidden West that came out this year that still are chasing that never-ending content cycle kind yeah. of thing that Skyrim made popular. Yeah, I think Skyrim was really the one that <clears throat> really ballooned the open worlds in every other game. Uh, yeah. Detrimentally so in it's a nice good to know 95% to of cases because, well, Skyrim's so huge, and frankly, Skyrim had a ton of content in that world. But then after that, we get so many games where... There was, no, there was no reason for no the world to be half that big. The thing I loved about Oblivion was that I had done everything. It was like mainlining heroin. Mm-hmm. Like when that last achievement pops, you were just like, oh, yeah, that's why I do like that's one of the reasons why, again, not to get too tangential. I do like Oblivion a hell of a lot more than Skyrim. Skyrim is an incredible game. I love it a lot. But Oblivion had kind of an end to it. You know what I mean? Like, there, yeah. there's still a lot you could do in there, and you could get lost for hundreds of hours in Oblivion, but when you finish, you're done. Yeah, and Skyrim feels me, like it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. Yeah, part of me feels like Skyrim did that to facilitate the role-playing. You can tackle things in a bunch of different ways in that game, and I, I feel like they were trying to do that. Like, okay, kind of make your own story with with the intention that, no, you're you're never gonna play all of this. It's it's just to give you more options to get through the main story, which which is cool in an RPG like that. But little did they know that bothers my brain. Well, my brain not does just not that. like to it can't mar with the idea that we can't do yeah. everything. Well, yeah, no, gamers are broken, so of course we were gonna play everything, even though that obviously was not the optimal way to experience it. Yeah, and yeah, it just kind of it caught on with every other game after that in a big way much bigger than it should have in most cases right yeah yeah i think that's fair and it's not it's not to take anything away from skyrim um skyrim is like because skyrim exists that doesn't mean that the other games that decided to make their their games the developers to make their games gargantuan and never ending it's not skyrim's fault i mean like those developers have a choice to make the developers have a choice to make at the end of the day, and that's up to them. I mean, I don't think it's ever been up to a single developer. I, I, I think every giant game that came after this is 100% been a publisher decision. Oh, probably. And, there, like, there is some influence from Skyrim, both positive and negative. Uh, there there are yeah. a lot of things to love about Skyrim. The scale of it at the time was fucking insane. Seeing yeah. a dragon flying onto the screen... And having to fight that thing, that's something people had been asking for years in that genre. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to say it influenced things like Dragon's Dogma, because I think Dragon's Dogma came out at around the same time. But having these giant mythological creatures that you fight, again, not something new in a game, but at that scale in an open world was something that we quite hadn't quite seen yet at that time. And it yeah. it was a beautiful thing to see for the first time. And uh, seeing some other games kind of tackle that has been great. Had the worst college town in video game history. Uh, Winterhold sucks ass. Like a troll on the main road. Poor kids. Those poor, poor kids. Yeah. 
It's on top of a mountain. There's a troll on the main road, and there's no bar. Uh-huh. True. Very good point. I didn't even think about that. Fair. Fair point. So that's something to think about. Mm-hmm. Something indeed. All right, Josh, um, we've waffled enough. Let's get your first choice. And I I am 99.9% sure I know what your first choice I'm I'm 100% sure you both know what it is, but yeah, I'll 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 lead with it anyway. Can I guess or would you rather just say it? I mean, I'm just going to say it cuz I I don't think anyone's listening who doesn't nobi, know nobi it. No boy. <clears throat> Fuck. Minecraft. Um my struggle was nobody. That's a good joke. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, um. <laughs> the the I didn't know what to say to that. Yeah, yeah it's not really a good thing to say. The, the the game hits so many notes perfectly, um, that it is. With its, you know, blend of exploration and survival and crafting and everything. It's, it, is, it is a world, spe- speaking of worlds, it's easy to get lost in. Uh, Minecraft kind of exemplifies that better, better than anyone else has uh, before or since. Um, to such an extent that it is really really kickstarted several genres all based out of this between the the huge number of um building games um between i mean ev- everything from like the you know factory optimization type stuff that we kind of got out of this from people you know building insane machines with the electrical <laughs> simulations that are in the game to kind of the survival genre itself has, I, I mean, it really exploded because of Minecraft, because of that, that feeling of starting out in the wilderness with nothing. Um, I really, it, it's, it's crazy that a game will come out that will just have parts of it used all over the industry. It's, it's just, it's not it's not just oh well this is what shooters are like now because someone comes along and perfects a control scheme or or some new mechanic that we hadn't thought about yet um and that that happens fairly regularly where like the new sea change happens in a genre but but minecraft legitimately influenced things all over the industry after that game came out kind of really kickstarting several new genres yeah i like it the effect was almost immediate you even think to something like fallout 4 that had dlc where it had you uh or not dlc i'm sorry where it had part of the uh settlement building directly into the game or it had um sorry i met skyrim that had dlc that had you building and that was just one of the DLCs that you did nothing else but just build. And that was the DLC. Yeah, it was the one that lets you build like a cabin or whatever. Yeah, the effect mm-hmm. was immediate from Minecraft. And oh, yeah. Obviously, the, it is the phenomenon it is now, and rightfully so. It, it is a fun game that you can just get lost in for 
forever and just it's cool to see the things that people have done and can do and oh, will yeah. eventually do in that game it's it's seriously impressive but also the the effect that it has had on the industry cannot be understated minecraft is one of the most influential games i would say beyond the 2010s just period in all the gaming yeah yeah I, I, it's it's it is crazy for a game to come out like that especially i mean it's it's not remotely this anymore but when it came out a one person team making this game um something that caught on and kind of captured everyone's attention like that um yeah yeah fucking yeah yeah i honestly i wanted to say that one but i was like you know i'm gonna leave that one for josh yeah i've brought i know i've brought this up a couple times when we've we've talked about you know some My of thought more, process the more was, influential it's, games it's like legos but video games next question yeah like it does it, it legitimately just seems like that at first glance until you kind of even that's yeah. a big sell like that no, alone yeah, exactly is, that's something that's not nothing yeah i I will say this, and I've told the story a few times on the podcast now. My first introduction to Minecraft was back when we did our old podcast, uh, Second Playthrough, or SPT. Yeah. Which those episodes are not available anywhere anymore. Yeah. Um, I remember that you were talking about this game called Minecraft that not really too many people had heard of. It was in its, that was, I believe, was alpha, alpha or beta uh, I would, yeah, alpha I was, phase. I, I, I remember bringing talking that up on about the show. During the building alpha. glass all over a over a waterfall. I remember you talking about that. I was like, what the fuck? Does, like, what is this game? Yeah. This sounds dumb and weird. And then eventually, a few a few years later, I played it and I was like, damn, this is a really good game. <laughs> uh, yeah. Josh's recommendations that aren't followed for a few years strikes again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Another another. I told you so, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm telling you that that intro was spot on, dude. I, when I did that intro, yeah. But no, uh, Minecraft, yeah, absolutely, one of the most influential games of 2010s, if not of all time. Yeah. Uh, Rich, what is your second choice? Uh, another masterclass from early in this this run, 2011, the Dark Souls of video games, Dark Souls. <laughs> I knew that had to be up there. Yeah uh kind of undeniable um demon souls obviously came first but that was in 2009 uh and people didn't know what to do with it whenever people had no idea what to do with demon souls dark souls was kind of the second swing at it this sort of reiteration and well i mean y'all know what fucking dark souls is they made they made a they made a few of them you may have you may have played some of them uh they made many a souls and born um they a million other studios have iterated on making these super challenging rpgs uh yep mechanics driven precise combat driven rpgs and there is no signs of stopping if elden ring is any indicator because that game was a banger as well um yeah i'm Uh still talking about it sometimes uh dark souls the dark souls of video games (laughs) <laughs> if yeah if nothing else if nothing else what would we compare stuff hugely to hugely influential to to how we fail to talk about video games to yeah. this day 
Did you like what were we even comparing video games to in 2010? I don't even right? know. Ninja Gaiden, maybe. I, it's the Ninja like the, the Gaiden. PS, the PS2 games were pretty tough. I remember people. I just like the, that the early days in like 2014, where I could just say things that make people angry. Like, you got to try this sandwich, man. This is the Dark Souls of sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, man, that's it's hard to argue with that one because so many games are compared to, like you guys just said, so many games are compared to as being the Dark Souls of this particular genre and it's permeated other genres especially ones i love like metroidvanias have been drastically influenced by dark souls i mean you look at hollow knight you look at um ender lilies which is a game that um we played last year some of the other metroidvanias as well that i'm I'm spacing names or you know action rpgs things like that they've they've been often compared to as being the dark souls and it doesn't even necessarily mean that dark souls is a great influence if it can also mean like if the difficulty is like insane or it's seemingly insane to the average person they just say it's the dark soul it's yeah it's the dark souls of also i'll give uh, the souls and bloodborne like credit where credit is due for like having excellent like very lore driven like gothic horror fantasy um where like they're not games where story is at the forefront but for people who want stories, like, here's 10 pages about that guy with the weird sword you just fought. I, th- yeah. I think that's huge to point out, too, is, like, the style is a big part of why Dark Souls is so popular right now. Um, back in the 90s, if you look at Japanese gaming, Geiger was such a huge influence um, yeah. into how a lot of creatures and monsters were... Um, conceptualized in gaming you can see a lot of geiger influence in the early 90s games especially during the uh sega era and now it's it's a lot of dark souls uh like you said um uh horror and i don't know if macabre is the right word there it's like that dark souls was very gothic horror and high fantasy bloodborne was a little bit more lovecraftian and what it was doing um yeah elden ring a little bit more full circle back to that sort of gothic horror fantasy yeah yeah that and that's that's a big popular thing right now um and that's not a bad thing at all it, like we see we see trends happen in gaming and that's just one of the trends right now and we might we might or might not be on the tail end of that we might see something else come to prominence but right now dark souls is still talked about or co- comparing something to dark souls is a commonly used uh moniker or a commonly used uh comparison yeah i i think early on the difficulty was kind of the only thing anyone ever latched on to which is why we ended up with all the comparisons immediately um but i think as far as the actual influence on the on the industry itself we we did see a lot of there were a lot of mechanics that are just extremely well thought out they're simple, but they really, really, um, they're just, they're, 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 they're such solid, um, mechanics that, that open up so many different possibilities, uh, and, and different ways of playing, uh, specifically with the whole, you know, being able to go back and collect 
your stuff after you die or or then losing it if yeah, you don't get there corpse first runs yeah the corpse run idea it was that's that's really cool that kind of gives you a definite goal of you know, i've got to get back here otherwise i lose all my stuff which kind of redefines how you're going to play through an area you're not just going to throw yourself at it mindlessly over and over again it's it's i have to get back here uh is kind of it's a really solid mechanic that that we've seen in a bunch of other a bunch of other things um since then and then i think one of the one of the biggest things other than that uh is just the the idea of the game world being fair like you follow the exact same rules that the bosses do and we've seen that influence on a ton of other games um even even through to something like breath of the wild with you know their um element system which i can get burnt i can get shocked i can get frozen and all the enemies can too like we're we're all affected by the world um which is a really cool way to handle that and i think that wasn't really in people's mind whenever they were making games before that um And I, I really think that was a huge just kind of change in how we think about interacting with a game. Uh, just this idea that the world is so much more believable if everyone's following the same rules as you, even if it does lead to some, you know, cheesy kills that you can get by, you know, tricking a boss to fall off a ledge or something like that. Um, still good, though. Yep. Still counts. Still counts. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. can't can't understate the influence of Dark Souls and um, w- where it's taken the industry. It's it's incredible. Um, for my second choice, I'm I'm struggling because there's there's one I want to pick that I that is closer to my heart that I think is very influential, and then there's one really obvious answer that I don't really want to talk about. <laughs> I would feel I know what the obvious one is. Yeah, yeah. Because I almost said it. We, we we all want to not talk about it. I'll fall on that grenade. I'll fall on that grenade. It's Fortnite, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's the game we're all dancing around trying trying to find other oh, examples. You know, I know something hilarious, and this tells you how my brain was working. I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> Breath of the Wild. Oh, since I just mentioned... Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, if we're going to talk about how Minecraft is one of the most influential games of all time... <laughs> We have to talk about how Fortnite is we have to the talk. most. Besides Minecraft, Fortnite is the most influential game to come out of the 2010. We have to talk about the game where Goku can fight John Cena. Yeah. Yeah. He's. <laughs> I was going to say, Goku can't fight what he can't see. Anyways. Uh, Master of Fuckonomics! Dude, I, I was. Uh, I hate to admit this. I have a special place in my heart for that CD. You should hate to admit that. I, I do. I, uh, <laughs> I'll tell a story later. Let's focus. Actually, no, I'll tell it now really quickly. I used to, I used to, when I was in high school, I had gotten back into WWE and John Cena was my favorite wrestler besides Rey Mysterio Jr. So you were a really cool guy. What's that? So I said, so you were a really cool guy. Probably the coolest. Uh, anyways, 
one one of my friends, uh, he he's big into WWE and wrestling, and he had given me John Cena's CD that he had burnt that someone given him. He's like, I can't stand the CD. And I popped it in and I was like, you know, this is just good rap. This is just plain good rap. And, uh, <laughs> and White I was man to from it. Montana thinks John Cena is good rap. I know. And, um, I played it while I, I listened to it while playing final fantasy 10 and grinding for the sphere grid. So I have this weird, collective memory of playing final fantasy 10 and listening to john cena's cd yeah imagine playing a final fantasy game and being like fuck this music i'm gonna listen to john cena rap (laughs) (laughs) i'll be happy to let you guys know that i don't listen to john cena when i'm playing final fantasy games anymore but every time i do wake up um I do have his uh, theme music as my alarm clock. But anyways, I'm not. I'm just kidding. That would be a horrible way to wake up. I wonder if you're going to get the STFU. Time is up. My time is... (laughs) You can't... uh, No, I'm not going to... I know all the words. I'm not going to do it. Of course, we all do. Okay, good. Anyways, Fortnite. Um, I mean, there's a... We all know the phenomenon that is Fortnite. I mean, it is still a phenomenon right now. People may think it's not as popular as it was. I can promise you, uh, it is still fucking popular everywhere in the world. Yeah. Everywhere. Like I have, I have former students, current students, high school students that still talk about playing this game. Um, it has become beyond gaming and, um, it has become somewhat of a social media platform in a way. Uh, Fortnite obviously was not the yeah. first battle royale game, but it definitely popularized the genre. You know, you could look to something like PUBG and even a few games before that that kind of started the inklings of, of what battle royale was. But Fortnite made it accessible for everybody, and it, it made it fun, and it combined some weird elements where you had arena gunfighting with the building of minecraft in a way which is interesting uh yeah and it it spawned this completely new genre that um was chased for a while by many different games i think obviously the popularity of battle royales has waned a little bit not a lot but a little bit to where every developer isn't trying to chase what fortnite um popularized per se uh not every every video game yeah. company is chasing after that now yeah i i think everyone did for a while until they realized the numbers just aren't there to support it you 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 can't you can't try to steal that market whenever everyone's still playing fortnite and 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 you need that many players per match exactly the only two that i think came close were probably cod Call of Duty and yeah. uh, Apex Legends at the height of yeah yeah Apex Apex kind of really brought much tighter game gunplay to the genre that that really kind of caught on and then COD just they you know they had their own audience they didn't they didn't need anyone else to come in and play their game they you know all all the forty five year old men who still play that game are. Uh, Going going to play it regardless. Well, and the yeah, thing is, like, help. 
these different battle royales appeal to different people. Fortnite yeah. had the mass appeal for everybody, but primarily the younger crowd where Call of Duty honestly appealed to our generation, the millennials, because you had a lot of people our age or a few years younger talking about playing it, and especially a lot of sports players. When they weren't playing sports, they would um, stream and uh, squad up together and play Call of Duty Warfare um, online, yep. and people got really got into seeing professional sports players play video games for some reason as well, which, fine, that's cool, whatever. Um, but Fortnite really, like, spurned on, or not spurned on, uh, generated a whole wave of battle royales, um, which is huge. But, yeah. like I said, it goes beyond that to where um, social media is a constantly evolving platform. Um, obviously, back in our days of, like, postscript and zanga and live journal and it's you know evolved into myspace evolved into facebook evolved into instagram and twitter and evolved into um what we have now which is like tiktok and youtube shorts instagram reels and um fortnite in its in all in its own way especially during the pandemic was a social media platform where people could get together and chat um, friends or random people, and they could experience things like live in video game concerts. Um, you have massive crossover of different IPs and different um, store, like characters from different stories and different universes coming together in a video game. The crossover is in insane as well. That the crossover is unlike anything we've ever seen in a video game. As fun as it is to make fun of that just that level of crossover has not been done in a video game to that to that level. I mean, the only thing that's quote-unquote comparable would be something like a Nintendo game such as uh, Super Smash Brothers, where you have that level of crossover or the... But this transcends that like in ways that yeah. we did not think were likely to ever happen. Well, yeah, I think kind of the influence of Smash Brothers and then also Fortnite reali you know, realizing... Oh, you, we can just advertise whatever the fuck we want into this thing has kind of really given us the the latest wave of, you know, X Giants Umbrella Corporation decides that they can put all their IPs into a single fighting game with 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 zero effort attached to it um, that we've seen over the last couple of years. Um, well, it's it's like. You think about it, there there have been some clones that have come out recently, like the Nickelodeon All Stars game or yeah. what's that what's that newer game, the the one where it has like Shaggy fighting Superman and Multiverses. Multiverses. Like yeah. you have games like that, and I don't want to stick strictly to fighting games, but those are the ones that usually have the crossovers. Um and objectively they're not always good. Um and that's because they're spending a lot of money with licensing and things like that. Fortnite is still quote unquote good. However, you feel about it is irrelevant. I mean, it's still a a decent, fun play to play game. They are making so much fucking money. They've that yeah. they can license. They can have all these different characters from all these different IPs. They can have these concerts in their games. All this stuff, and the game is still good and supported very well. That's how much money that game is still making and how much influence that game still has right now. Yeah, I mean, frankly, the the, the whole building system in a battle royale 
is there because it was it's a vestigial clone element because it started off kind of as we were saying as a horde mode a clone oh, yeah, of horde mode in, with a I clone of building from from minecraft a battle royale yeah yeah i thought it was a really cool idea i'm like oh i like horde modes i like minecraft and then that never materialized because a couple months into doing that, PUBG became the big thing, and so they launched. Well, a now we now we have to make it a battle royale as the secondary thing, and yeah. then it quickly became way more popular. And also, it was a free to play element, whereas yes. you still had to buy into the actual. Like I had bought into the base game of Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, back in the day. Yeah, and I think that was really the thing that is most influential. Is their business decisions have been very good since then. They they realized that a free-to-play game can still be insanely lucrative because of that because of that buy-in everyone's everyone's already here playing this thing well we can sell them some other crap now now you can just nickel and dime them yeah yeah and that has that i think is the most influential thing that's come out of that game is the battle passes the you know the microtransactions everywhere the the idea that this is a game that you can play forever i mean it is it's not the first game to try that but fortnite is the reason we have so many fucking live service games just everywhere now it like it is that game showed how to do it on a scale that no one else had really seen before that um yeah it's it's crazy to think how much influence Fortnite has had because it's not just like one area it's multiple areas Mm -hmm. that Fortnite has had influence on um it's it's easy to talk shit on that game because um it's not you know it's not the most realistic game it's it appeals to the average person you know the most common denominator but really it has had a ton of influence and it's impressive you know it it's not my favorite game. I don't necessarily enjoy playing Fortnite. I I have played it in the past, and I did enjoy it in the past. But it's hard to deny the influence that it has had. Yeah, no, I think Scott it's Vegeta really in it. It kind of, it really is kind of where the the whole industry is writ large. Is is Fortnite? It it really showed how just blatant theft of a of an indie team's ideas. Or anyone's ideas, dances from everywhere else that, you know, they didn't own. Like, it's just, just theft on a massive scale. Pays really well. Capitalism. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was trying to end that segment on a high note. <laughs> well, no, so I mean, mission, we're mission seeing mission that else. I think. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not going to say you're right. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm going to I'll say you're right. You're, you're right. I'll let Rich say you're right. Yeah, there you're right, go. man. Josh is right. Good. Well, back to Josh. What is your second choice for uh, most influential game for the 2010s? My choice was probably going to be Fortnite if someone hadn't brought it up just because of everything we just talked about. It's, again, not my favorite game. By, by a but pretty that wasn't wide the that wasn't the assignment exactly. But I, I I do think that you can see the fingerprints of of this game everywhere at this point. It is 
There are battle passes on everything. I mean, just there's there are tons of microtransactions in Minecraft, which is which is one of the one of the places they originally stole their ideas from. Now that you know Microsoft owns it, they're like, oh, well, of course, this game that a bunch of kids play all the time and are with their friends with all the time, of course, they're gonna want skins and shit. Like that's it's it's gone back the other way at this point. Um, it's it's just it's hugely influential. Um, but since you already brought that up, I think I am gonna kind of go back around. There's a lot of this. You, there's the influence is just linear. Like you can you can see it from one game to the next to the next where there's just this lineage. Uh, and we already brought it up some, but Breath of the Wild really took a lot of the other elements from other games we've talked about from Dark Souls from Skyrim kind of brought them all together, coalesced it into this whole that was, it's, it's really so much more than the parts that came, that it came from, um, uh, to an extent that we kind of, that we've seen another little revival of the open world games. Cause we saw a bunch of them right after Skyrim. It kind of got played out. And I mean, not to the extent we weren't seeing them like it, it, they were still being made, but I don't think anyone had been talking about any sort of remotely influential open world game since then. Um, everything was formulaic. Yeah, Everything was very formulaic. They're like, okay, we need a bigger world. Let's do that. And then just stick more of everything they were already doing just in a bigger world that didn't need it or, or benefit from it. Um, until... Well, no, go ahead. I was going to say the only thing I would say that was on the radar at that time that hadn't come out yet or that was already out mm-hmm. was uh, The Witcher 3. That was obviously one of the ones that people were talking yeah. about at that time. Well, yeah, yeah, no, that, that game was good. It was regarded very well. It, it's very much in the exact same vein as something like Skyrim. Like it wasn't doing anything new with that idea. I think the moment to moment writing and a lot of the quests is beyond Skyrim. Yes. Yeah. In the Witcher, the writing, the writing is really yeah. what kind of set it apart. I th- I would say honestly that Witcher three is probably w- the best of what Skyrim of that formula. I, yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's probably the peak of that. Yeah. I would agree with that 150%. But at that time also, and this is not to take anything away from your choice, Josh, or from breath of the wild, because I do think it is an incredibly, incredibly, uh, influential game at that time uh people were, were anticipating horizon zero dawn coming out but mm-hmm. people didn't really know what that was going to be yet um the following year actually people were expecting it that year but it was uh delayed was uh red dead red dead redemption 2 people were in yep. anticipation for that but other than that uh yeah open Idiots. world games were not um as much on the public eye per se because people were you know still in the shooters at the time and battle royale was just starting to take off yeah it kind of started to wane in popularity um at that point um again um i think there's a more direct line back to skyrim from breath of the wild like it a lot of the other kind of iteration that happened in the RPG space is not there. Cause I mean, even the Witcher dropped an awful lot of the semi type aspects of Skyrim. There's still some there, 
but it's it's much more about the main quest lines that you get a hold of and then go do um and and way less involved with like the you know just just fucking around in town type stuff that you would do in Skyrim cuz that that was that was always a bigger thing in that sort of like PC RPG influenced space the the idea that we're we're going to give you a a tool set that you can just mess around with um yeah and that that had kind of been dropped until again I think Breath of the Wild took that idea and and also a lot of the other influences from stuff like Dark Souls at that point and and rebaked it into essentially going back to their original idea from Zelda 1 of the idea that we're just going to drop you into a world and let you figure it out um because again that that's kind of the idea the series started with but that had not been popular in forever uh, until we saw stuff like Minecraft oh people just want to explore uh and like you, you could you could see like this this was not the writing was on the wall that there was room for a game like the original Zelda but on a modern scale of of just a really just massive world to explore and to just just go like okay we're 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 giving you nothing to go off of here just just hop into this world and find out what it's about um yes i i think it yeah i think that's the big thing is like a lot of rpgs really like inundate the player with just and this is kind of con- contradictory to one of the earlier points we made in one of the other games uh especially about dark souls that it's it's beautiful for the people that want all that additional la- all those additional layers of like world building and text and things like that but then there are people who also want experiences where it's like don't don't just flood me with information just give me agency and let me go and let me find it on my own and i think that that was one of the things that uh breath of the wild brought back yeah. is like just giving the player a- the agency to go explore as they want and just not yeah. inundating them with waves of dialogue yeah and and it's it took it to the point to where um it made the world that much more interesting because when we're talking about examples like skyrim and even to some degree witcher 3 and other games that i love in that rpg uh that western style rpg genre that there was a lot of empty space there was just space and that's not per se a bad thing because that could no, be I think relaxing it's, I think it's for some mo- people mm-hmm. but with breath of the wild what was so great about it is that there was something to find in every area on that map and it you weren't traipsing around for five minutes looking for something that you would just you'd be walking around and you're like i'm in a new part of the map i'm not that far away from where i just was there's something to find here there was always something to find and yeah. it was all interesting and i think that was one of the big things that i personally found influential about breath of the wild not only did i like it but i found it influential is you can have a massive game and you can make everything in the world diverse and interesting 
I think a big part of the reason that works in Breath of the Wild, though, is the choice, which I can't imagine was an easy choice to make when you look at how formulaic Zelda games are up until that point, to ditch the typical, like, find an item in the dungeon system and instead just go, like, here's the tools for puzzle solving. You have them from the moment you, the word go happens. Like, you just, and that, like, opens you up to be like, these are the ways with which you interact with puzzles, the ways you interact with the world. Uh-huh. you're 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 we're letting you loose go crazy yeah and and we uh, we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about our zelda games thing the other not not long ago rich what about episode? how uh or, anyway um the uh um t- talking about how in uh uh a link between worlds how having access to the whole toolkit right off the bat um probably was not the best thing for some of the dungeon design. And you can really see that in Breath of the Wild even more so because they kind of expected you to have just the one toolkit on everything. And also, it's not a... The the dungeons are weaker in that game than they have been in a Zelda game for a while. But that's just... That's not... But all the stuff around the periphery is so good. Yes, yes, exactly. It ends up being like, oh, those four dungeons are not the part of that game that is cool. But they don't need to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Frankly, I think the dungeon that works the best is Ganon's Castle because there are a million ways to get into it. And... You know, just just the one goal, like get Including to Ganon. the one that's just like there's a tunnel on the other side of the map that you could just like follow into it secretly. Yeah, yeah. There, it's. I think that worked better as a concept for a dungeon than the Divine Beasts did, which were just built like around was, that traditional solve a puzzle type dungeon. More like design. I was planning a Hitman map. Yes, yeah. I thought that worked really well. Um, I had another point to make before we got off on this one, but I can't remember what it is. I'll. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> that, that's fine. I'll think about it as soon as we get on to the next game or two, of course. Well, good news for you, Josh. We're done with this segment. Yeah, it's true. I like What a segment. Without explaining it too much, do you guys have any runner-ups? Like, I don't want to go into too much detail because obviously that breaks the nature of what we're doing, but did you um, have a runner-up? So for, so for me, like, I was waffling between choosing Fortnite or Cuphead. I wanted to choose Cuphead because I think of its influence on uh, indies being taken seriously again, um, especially in the mainstream. I I think, yeah. you know, I don't want to go too much into that, but I think Cuphead had some massive influence there, but um, that was my runner-up. Do you guys have a, a runner-up that you want to very brief? Um, I mean, there were a couple things that obviously like floated past my my brain hole uh undertale for one um and just the way that influenced indies and like indie rpg and oh that yeah sort yeah of come around to that japanese style of earthbound and all that shit yeah yeah exactly that the, the earthbound style rpg had kind of gone away for quite a while like it didn't disappear we were still getting quirky rpgs stuff like uh the lisa games before yeah, then yeah, yeah. but but those were much darker and less playful yeah, than something like Undertale. Yeah, one should say. Um, but a Rocket League briefly too, but I don't really have much to add on that. Yeah, yeah. I I think as far as actually influential, I think we hit them. Um, 
there were a bunch of other things that I think are kind of there, but they like in retrospect seem like more flash in the pans. Like it's like Pokemon Go just exploded when it came out. It's still being played today, but as far as how it's influenced everything else, I I don't feel like it has as much. Like it's, I mean, you could you could you could look at augmented reality um, as. That, I guess that would be the only thing I would nah, say. Yeah, so, that some, of that, some of that's cut on, but it, it just doesn't yeah. feel like it's really. It's not as inspired. The other choices. Yeah, inspired a lot. It's the else. only one of those that's still very successful. So it's hard yes. to say it influenced. Yeah, it's, it didn't like create its whole own genre or anything. It just kind of just sort of yeah created its own place. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess you could look at. I mean, Last of Us. I would say has some influence just because of the way the cinematic um, storytelling in games, but it's not the first one to do that. It's it's not the first one. And that I've, I've mentioned this before, the, the whole prestige, you know, game for a console has, mm. it's, it's definitely influenced that. And I think frankly, it's kind of one of the more successful variations on that we've seen, but I mean, it's, it, you can, you can very easily kind of put everything from like God of war or uncharted uh, or, like it's that's kind of its own genre even though they're mechanically fairly different you can tell that that is its own thing like oh no this is this is the big fancy game um right with something like that right yeah exactly exactly i mean i i don't think it it like there's some level of influence there Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say it's any more influential or it's more influential than some of the games that we've named um rocket league was kind of lower but still in my my view of having some influence um not a lot but some yeah i would say honestly one that we missed um i just want to very briefly give it a shout out is no man's sky and it's less influence about the game itself and more about the developers and what they've done with that game where they've like the whole story of no man's sky which developers is try and lie less now count <laughs> which we talked about countless times on this podcast shows how you can completely bung, uh, bungle or fuck up your game or lie everything and <laughs> yes rich lying you, you want your joke acknowledge lying yes lying that's all i ever want um how you can um completely fuck up a game and then as developers you can make the the pro like you can fix the problem you can make it right um but that's less influence about the game itself and more about the studio but still it is a poster child for that that um for for the permanently supported game which is a thing we're seeing more of recently but but also seeing a lot more of it in that sort of live service game model. But 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 not strictly. We are seeing a lot of games that are just being supported for significantly longer. Things like Shovel Knight, you know, having a patch every four minutes for the last decade. And being baller all the way through. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's hard to say where that trend exactly started, but that's definitely a big example of it if nothing else because that's one that through that idea of just constantly patching constantly tweaking a game it went from a roundly dismissed game to 
a fairly well beloved game at this point. Um, I mean, it's 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 not. you know, like, caught on to become this, like, major, major, uh, just, just, game that everyone has played, or, or anything like that, it's, it's not kind of turned into, you know, just a juggernaut, but, no Qbert, but it, you know, people have absolutely come around on it, to the point where there's still a community playing this game, this, this long after launch, so, yeah yeah that's that's a great point too there's some others that i think we could mention like as honorable mentions but i think that covers yeah. most of when did angry birds come out i need to look that up because that would be probably the next one if we i feel like that was before 2010s i think it was like 2009 or 7 something like that uh yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure when that game came out to be I'll honest with i like i like to play angry birds it was it was oh nine okay, but yeah, I was on the cusp of being in the twenty tens because it was December tenth two thousand nine. Yeah, I I knew it was right in Doesn't there. Count yeah. still, right. but yeah, that that's another one that I think kind of, again, just barely not in our purview here, but could have come up for sure. Um, yeah. and if you out there listening think that we missed any, just uh, let us know on social media or. Send us an email, swordchomp at gmail.com. Let us know how wrong we were or what we missed. But uh, we're going to head on a quick commercial break, and we will be right back in the back half where we will talk about the games we've been playing this week. So stick around. We'll be right back. This Sunday, Sunday at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Arena. Sunday, Monster Truck Rally. That's right. There are going to be lots of bitches, lots of big, tough guys. Sunday, yours truly down there at the Monster Truck Rally. And we're going to be wearing Chomp Gear. Store.swordshop.com. Store. You can buy lots of nice gear and t-shirts, so when you fuck your bitch in the bleachers, you have something to look at. Raw dogging it. Oh, baby. No condoms, because we don't sell those yet. That's right, and if you look up at your sore chomp clock, you'll know how fast you came inside of her. <laughs> C-U-M. That's right. Here, let me tell you about my friend Dale. He's going to tell you more about the store.swordchomp.com. Dale, take it over. I tell you, I went on over to store.swordchomp.com, got myself a t-shirt, got myself a hat, got myself something for my dog. It's a good deal. That's right, Dale. That's right. So if you're interested in repping your favorite podcast while watching a bunch of trucks slamming into each other, head over to store.swordchomp.com. Store.swordchomp.com this Sunday, 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 Sunday. I like titties. What's up, party people? We're back. We're back from our break. Hellos. Hey, we here. We're going to talk about some video games now. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, we played a whole host of different kinds of video games this past week. So we're going to start with Tinykin, which is a brand new game that just dropped. Um, Rich, I'm going to let you kind of introduce it because I know you and Josh played it. I haven't gotten around to it yet. I, I've been meaning sure. to. Sure. Uh, I played quite a bit. I played quite a bit of it, and uh, Tiny Build was kind enough to send over a code 
um for tinykin for us but uh also it's on game pass for anyone interested that's probably worth pointing out tinykin is pikmin thank you for your time uh no it's 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 pikmin in all the best ways um so easy setup for tinykin you're playing as a character who is a human being not born of earth born on a different planet and he's a scientist and he discovers that uh his home planet is actually not where humans come from despite what his people believe and he's been searching the world trying to find the planet humans are actually like their genetic signature comes from initially and what would you know it seems to be this this earth you might have heard of um so he travels there but when he gets there he's tiny what's going on with that right um so you're like an alien humanoid kind like you're a human but tiny in a house inhabited by bugs that appears to be empty besides these bugs and uh you discover these little creatures called tinykin um that the bug denizens of this world are shocked because they obey you whereas they do not obey them they like just kind of run rampant um and the game basically is that loop of you're helping the this ant uh, sort of assemble these blueprints for a great machine that's supposed to help you potentially leave the house um, and you're using the tinykin to do so and they're much like pikmin they're different types there's a basic tinykin that can just move things for you uh, there are tinykin that explode when you throw them there are tinykin that you can stack up like a ladder and climb there are ones that conduct electricity um, it's split up to i i've got to be at least halfway through i want to say of the like five objects you're supposed to get i have like three of them so far um and you just kind of move through rooms of the house that are like these self-contained sort of collectathons um unlike pikmin they're very vertical like there's a lot more platforming involved um up to the point you're upgrading sort of a system that lets you move like float in soap bubbles as a glider you also have a bar of soap you use as a skateboard which is very fun it is just it, a lot of Pikmin DNA here, but beyond that, it is just a game that feels really good in motion. Um, and Josh has played a pretty considerable amount of it too, so I'll let him jump in a little here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've played as much as I could before getting to a what, what seems to be a, a known issue with a, a soft lock that hopefully they have a patch for. That seems 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 to be fairly random and unlikely that you get it, but. I'm far past the point that Josh encountered this, so yeah, it seems like he just had the the bad luck. The on bad this run. luck to have it happen on this run. So, hopefully, in the next couple of days, hopefully before this comes out, they'll have something addressing that. Otherwise, I guess I'm starting a new game because no one can figure out exactly what's causing it. It just seems to happen occasionally for some people. So, but yeah, we were able to confirm it is happening to other people, so it's definitely a known issue. So I'm hoping it gets resolved for Josh. Because yeah. I really think he should be seeing more of this game, because it's yeah. very good. Yeah, I'm enjoying what I have seen of it. Um, honestly, I think the Pikmin comparisons are not great. I mean, you, you can tell it's It's there. not all Pikmin, but there's Pikmin DNA in it's, there. It's almost not Pikmin at all. It's it's a collectathon that has the lock and keys based on guys that follow you around. It's kind of the more so that there's... if If you're not directly solving a puzzle to collect a thing there's there's the tiny kids following you around don't do anything they're they're just there um what probably is fair to point out in that respect like most pikmin thing it being when you're having the tiny can move something 
Yeah. There's never really a moment of I'm directing them to go here. It's like I throw them at a specific object and they know where they're supposed to take it. Exactly. They'll they'll to just solve the puzzle for you, and it, it kind of boils down to sometimes you got to move objects and stuff for them, like clear their yeah, path. But yeah, that's really it. Yes, yes, but even those are one way puzzles. Like they might get to a thing that something's in their way, but if you already clicked that beforehand basically well that's not in their way anymore um yeah as as opposed to you know something like with pikmin having to decide okay i'm I'm running out of time there, there's there's no there's no real strategy layer to this at all like pikmin with you know decisions you're making like oh do i even have time to try to carry this back if i if i tell my pikmin to carry this thing there are they gonna get left out and die um there's no, there's no losing RTS. the tiny can after you find them. They're just kind of upgrades that you then have for the rest of the level, because uh, they don't like leaving the room they're in. So you have to, you have to find new ones every time you go into a new room, which is neat. But it ends up feeling almost more like, again, more more of that platformer DNA. Like you need this many stars to get through this door, um, sort of a thing. Like if, and that's kind of what it boils down to in a lot of situations. Oh, I need I need twenty five tiny can to move this camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't found that many tiny can, get to exploring, get get to collecting Find some eggs. Yeah, um, which is fine, and it's still, you know, fun texturally to have them following you around. But in practice, it really is just an awful lot like a collectathon. Like there's there's way more it's of a good, that. It's a good one. Yes. No, no, it's a very good collectathon. Um, but the the. The tinykin aspect of it is far more passive, uh, passive or, or textural more than anything you're interacting with on a, um, you know, strategic level. Like even some of the puzzles in just like a normal Pikmin game are far more complex as far as like, okay, I'm I'm using my Pikmin as weight on a seesaw or something to try to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's there's not even a commanding your Pikmin to stand somewhere while you do something else type aspect to this. It's the, it's the closest... literally only throw them at the thing they can interact with. Is... Well, t- to be fair, as you unlock different types of Tinykin, there is a bit more puzzling. Yeah. Um, for one, there's a Tinykin type that you stack like a ladder to climb, and that one's easy enough. You hold the right trigger, and they stack up, and you climb them. But yeah. the most puzzly one in about, I want to say, the third area... You unlock pick, uh, Tinykin, I almost said Pikmin, where their whole gimmick is these Tinykin um, conduct electricity. So you can attach one to an outlet and then feed them like a cable to get power to another object. And I don't know what... There, there's one type of Tinykin I still haven't gotten yet. I'm going to get in the next area I go to. Okay. Um, as you go, the different Tinykin types have totally different mechanics, and some of them are a lot more hands-on puzzle-solving stuff. Okay, that's 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 good to know because at the point I'm at right now, it's literally only lock and key. You you throw them at the thing they can interact with, to to the point where there's not even a way to choose which one you throw. It contextually knows which. It just it throws never, the one that you need anytime. So it's it's that literally never just changes. push the button. That never changes, but it's just because the context is smart enough to know like, all right, you're throwing this at an outlet. You want an electricity tiny can, and then you're yes. continuing the channel of electricity. You want more of those. And the stackable ones are just as simple as hold this button and they stack up and then you can climb them like a ladder. Yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, frankly, that's fine for ease of use for a platformer, because if it was as complicated as cycling through the one the, all the Pikmin you wanted and making sure you're throwing the right one, like in Pikmin, it would be too much where you're also trying to jump around and do normal platforming type stuff. Yeah, um, I wanted I wanted to actually talk about the art a little bit, too, because I really like that whole like Paper Mario as 2D art on yeah. a 3D background. I think it works really well here. I I like that art pretty much wherever I see it. Um, yeah it's it's really it's really solid i've seen this done a bunch more recently frankly in the platforming space more so because i I think it's easier to make the assets in a lot of games that are direct uh paper mario ripoffs like bug fables which was yeah yeah bug fables but but i mean i've been seeing a lot of this in stuff um i mean it's kind of been having a revival in platforming recently there have been a lot it's a great of style yeah it is it is um the main pitfall that this always has with this art style is knowing where you're going to land and frankly i don't think this is one of the strongest fixes for it it's it's just the standard your your shadow is always directly beneath you sol- yes. solution to it in this case which is which fine. is enough because the platforming's never that precise yeah it's not that precise but also it's just a normal shadow, and if you're not close to the object you're trying to land on, it can be a little bit hard it. to see. I've played a few games recently that have had, you know, the similar 2D art style that have much more obvious Tell. shadows underneath you to, to the point where, like, okay, it's just pink for no reason. Your, your shadow is just bright pink, which makes and it really works, easy to see works. what you're landing on. And I like that better, but those were, those were also in games that were much more you know Precision heavy platforming heavy platforming and then i think the mario 64 sure. Van. so sure this is this is somewhere in that collectathon puzzle platformer type vein and then in the a precision game so yeah absolutely cool yeah i'm excited to play this game it looks like a lot of fun it looks very cute um yeah it's been i i think cute yeah, cute is a good way to describe it. It's it's got a lot of charm to it, and the writing has been solid so far. Lots lots of yucks. It, they've got some good some good references and jokes you'll find all over the place. I, do they have any yums? Some yums. Some yums. Mostly bug yums. So those are possibly also yucks. Yeah, yucks. Yeah, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. I wasn't sure if this one was going to be for me, but I played the first chunk of it in like a one four hour sitting. So it's <laughs> fair to say it grabbed me. Yeah. If you guys were to describe it, would you describe it as yucky yums or yummy yucks? Cummy yums. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, another feature that I meant to talk Sorry, about. Sorry, I here. was on the phone. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it was, I specifically noticed this in this game. Josh, I thought you were going to be like, speaking of cum, another feature. No, no, no. The the Yeah, cum, cummy yums. Um, mm-hmm. this, this game has solved, not really solved. I, I'm sure someone else has done it before, but not that I've seen as gracefully as this. Um, the, the whole, have I talked to this person enough amount of times with whenever you go to talk to somebody, instead of being like, Hey, over here, like a thing, like I've seen other games. Oh, it, the button grays out after you've seen everything they have to say. Uh, no, no. Th- what this game does, which is better than that even is it just has a snippet of the first line that they're going to say. So, Oh, that I've already read that. And I know that's what's going on, which is useful for not reading extra dialogue it's also useful for some of these guys have like little side quests or whatever for you to like i I need you to do this for me in this level and 
maybe you want to hear what they said again, or maybe not. But since, you know, they're all basically the exact same 2D sprite of a bug in here. Uh, I mean, they've got different types of bugs, but for the most part, they all look pretty, pretty similar. Um, it's really nice for being able to see, okay, that's that's the one that I need to talk to because you'll just walk up to them and then I'll have like the first half of that line that you're going to see if you actually start talking to them, um, which is a great way of accomplishing that. Uh, and also because of that system, if they have something short to say, it'll just pop up like as you walk by them. Um, so you don't actually have to talk to them at all. You just read it and keep go keep moving. Um, I'm glad more games are doing that, that kind of thing where they are respecting your time. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Trying, because that's something that uh, Rich and I talked about last year with Tales of Arise, that when you talk with somebody, there's a little check mark yep. um, that highlights them. To, to let you know, yeah, you've heard everything you needed to hear from that person. Yeah, yeah, I think those are those features are really welcome in in games where it, sometimes you want the information and other times it's just slowing you down for no reason. And I think this is a pretty graceful solution to that that I've I've not seen one exactly like this before, um, and it really really does does the job well. So. Yeah, I mean, like, there doesn't need to be a uniformity to how they display that. As long as they're doing that, it respects the gamer's time so much, and it's nice. Um, yep. It, I, I appreciate it a lot. Yep. I really do. Yeah, it, 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 exactly. And and like I was saying with them asking for help, sometimes the camera will move to show the area they're talking about. And after you've talked to someone once, it's skippable. So, like, if you... Even 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 then, even if you opted into talking to them, even though they've, you know, you've got the preview of what you're getting. If if all you needed was like half of that cutscene, once it starts pointing that direction, you don't need to see the end of it. You can then just skip out of it with a single button press. You're done, and and just get back on with what you're what what you're doing. And it's it's really really welcome. So that's nice. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm glad that we're seeing more games do that kind of stuff. I, I, I'm very appreciative of that. That's mm -hmm. cool. Okay, well, Rich, you brief you said you were telling me before the show you briefly wanted to mention Saints Row. Um, yeah. Please. I'm still playing Saints Row. Um, reviews coming soon. I don't know, man. It's 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 getting worse, you guys. Mm. Um. This game's starting to feel like it was written by a computer that played all the Saints Row games <laughs> and didn't understand what was good about them. Yeah. Um, oh, you you it, you finally got me realizing what, what that extra point was I wanted to say about Skyrim. <laughs> it finally hit, but no, I'll save it. Yeah. Um, the writers of this game are clearly a group of grown men in their 40s trying desperately to appeal to Gen Z. Ow. Um, it's just bad. It's, I don't know. Maybe I'm not Gen Z, and so I just think it's bad, but it's kind of fucking cringy, you guys. Um, and the gameplay is just not there. And even when you're, like, occasionally you start hitting those things that, like, remind you of old Saints Row and feel good, like, the vehicle customization feels like old, like, Saints Row 3 in all the right ways. But I don't know. I just there's not enough there. Like so much of it seems wrong. And on top of that, this game was clearly just not ready to ship. So 
Mm. I don't think I'm going to end up feeling favorably about this, but I'm going to see it through. It's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised, but that's a shame. I had a high hopes knowing the property, but as little as we were seeing coming up to the launch of this thing, I had worries. It's, yeah, and I don't think those worries were unfounded. Mm. Well, I mean, Rich, you did the Lord's work by detailing it. Um, are there any qualities that are still kind of keeping you clinging on to hoping it's a better game or not really? Uh, the soundtrack's still good, and I'm still really into the vehicle customization because it's very much got that same level of detail from, like, Saints Row 3 on. Hmm. So it's fun to, like, find a car that feels good and just be like, I'm going to do the thing you do because you're playing Saints Row, which is going to make this all purple and gold and give it purple underglow and just drive around like an asshole. Yep. Okay. Well, fair enough. That's a shame. Um, I want to talk about The Walking Dead Michonne, which is the only Telltale Walking Dead game I hadn't played up until this point. Mm-hmm. It's one that I was saving for the right time and... Um, my girlfriend and I talked about it last week, had recently been playing The Walking Dead Season 1. We had finished it. Um, we were sad, of course, again, with uh, the passing of, you know, that character. And so we uh, we were like, well, what should we play now? So I, I was saying, we could play Walking Dead Michonne. And she's like, there's a Walking Dead Michonne? And I was like, yeah. She's a really big Walking Dead fan. Um and I'm a big zombie fan, so I was like, we should play that, and we booted it up. Um, and I want to talk about this. I know it's a six-year-old game at this point, and I know that you guys probably don't really give much of a shit, but I do want to talk about a few things about the... the g- <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why did Damn. you just put sunglasses on? <laughs> or no, no. That was out just, of nowhere. Yeah, just... I, yeah, anyway. Oh, actually, before that, sorry, I'm sorry. I, I forgot. Before I go into detail on that, um, the game, you wanted to make your point about... There it is. I was, I was being subtle with my sunglasses on an audio format. Um, Subtlety. Very, yes. Coming back to kind of our discussion of Skyrim and Breath of the Wild, uh, when we were talking about just that, that just let me get into the game, just let me play sort of a feeling... You can really see that in the amount that opening wagon ride is just fucking memed to death because it's it is the part of Skyrim that you have to do. Period. Everyone does. Like that was one of the first mods was to get rid of that fucking intro sequence. Um or just make it as ridiculous as possible. Like we've all seen yeah. the meme at this point where the dra- the first dragon has turned into Thomas the the engine at this point. Yeah, yeah, people have had fun with that, but um, I, yeah, I think that really kind of shows how how there, there really was this just, just let me play the game, just this, this that sentiment was, was there, um, kind of coming, coming into Breath of the Wild, so. I think they, I think they do that a lot, uh, the, those games where, um, they, they have issues with, uh, trying to onboard you and it takes a long time to onboard you like as much as i love oblivion and um i will not hear any shit talking on patrick stewart being in the opening of that game 
which he fucking slayed that. But it's such a long and unnecessary opening, mm-hmm. I think, in some ways. But in yeah, some ways, yeah. yeah. But anyway, sorry, sorry, I forgot to. No, no, that's fine. It was just a minor thought, but it just kind of. I really felt like that. That is the meme from. I mean, other than took an arrow in the knee, but yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. It's been so long. I was like, finally purged that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So, Walking Dead Michonne. There are a few things I wanted to talk about with this game. First is the game. I've realized from going back to the first season up until Michonne, because Michonne, I I believe, was created between seasons three and four. I believe. Might have been that two and three. I can't remember. Sounds now. right. The graphics definitely were scaled up in a lot of ways. Um, the game looks much better. And uh, not that the old one looked bad per se, but yeah. it, it, it certainly been, was hmm. created with better um, software. It may have been between three and four. I can't remember now because they also had that other thing between one and two where it was just like, yeah, whatever it was called, the one where you basically, it was vignettes of different characters that you would then meet in the next season. Um, yeah, I, b- I believe that. I believe that was so, like... So Michonne may have been between three and four. Or, sorry, or between two and three, or whatever that was. Numbers! Yeah, good. It's been it's been ages. It's been ages since numbers. Um, I think it has. How would we count? <laughs> the game looks markedly better, and um, it was it was beautiful. It, it was beautiful playing the game. I really I miss that comic book style that Telltale had that they were yeah. building their profile on. It was beautiful. I I forgot how much I loved that style. Even playing through the first season, I loved it as well. But seeing the the growth and development of that style in uh, Michonne was pretty awesome to see. And me and your mom's real proud. Exactly. Um, there, you know, it was it was interesting going from season one to Michonne for the mechanics because, like, if you guys remember in season one, it was simple button pressing or you moved around with the character. There was a lot more moving around, like walking with Lee yeah. in they season had, like, one. Yeah. Than there was in Michonne. There was a lot less mm-hmm. walking around in Michonne in michonne a lot less but interesting also some yeah yeah one one kind of had a few elements that felt like they were put there because it felt like the norm well not just that it felt like the norm but like well fans who are coming into this from the show are gonna think oh this is you know more of a shooter or whatever and we don't want to let them down when this is just a visual novel so you had a yeah. few shot a few scenes where well, it's you're like, trying to add in a little bit more yeah, uh, false agency to sort of distract people who don't normally play visual novels from the fact yeah. they're playing a visual novel. Yeah, where like you'll walk around and then all of a sudden you're 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 stuck there in a, a little mini shooting scene thing, um, in that first yeah. Walking Dead. Mm. That kind of felt yeah like, that you know that happens a few times in Michonne, but it it was more narratively driven when that happened. Mm. Um, that makes sense. But but they expanded upon the what you could do a little bit more where you it isn't just pressing the four buttons on the controller but you're actually like swiping with the d-pad which was ah. a slight upgrade but it added like when you think so about it, it, it when you're anticipating the, the four 
when you're anticipating the four uh, button presses, that when you're adding a second four direction directions you can oh, yeah. press, that adds to the anxiety of what do I have to press next what, when you're trying to anticipate. And it definitely, yeah. I, I had a few deaths because of that, which I liked. You know, I was like, oh shit, I forgot about the directional, uh, or the D pad or whatever you want to call it, the analog yep. stick, whatever you want to call it. But um, there are some certain upgrades to that which I really enjoyed. Um, the the Walking Dead Michonne was much more glitchy than the first season, which I was really surprised about because there were moments where shit's like getting really intense like i legitimately was like you guys were kind of talking about was in a shootout yeah and it was in the third episode and michonne is stuck behind a a uh, fountain and she's like peeking over and you're supposed to quickly hit the button to shoot the the various uh things that you're shooting at. i'm trying to be vague i i guess for spoiler sake um you're shooting and what happened was she was stuck back there and it literally froze for 30 seconds. I counted waiting to load the upcoming data. And then finally Michonne rounded the quarter to shoot her next target. And I was really surprised that that happened multiple times um, in the game where the game would suddenly freeze as it's trying to load more of the data. Hmm. So what happens next in the game? Um, which you know it's surprised like i was just surprised at how well the first season holds up and how the newer game like michonne had more issues than the first season that kind of makes sense though because that was this was i mean it was still a couple years before they shut down but it was definitely in that kind of last phase that where they were making stuff. Things are looking grim. Well, well, not just that. They were making a ton of stuff during this time, too. Just a ton of it. And oh, they me- were a content mill, yeah. They were announcing something new every day. Yeah, and it, it may have been, this is just one of those, the time was not there to, to polish it the way it It's really easy needed. to lose track of what came out and what didn't. Like, I'm often reminded that, like, yeah. oh, yeah, the Spider-Man game never came out, but they sure did make a Guardians of the Galaxy game. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's true. They had a lot that they were trying to put out there, and I think they over overextended themselves, obviously. And that's that's a story that's, you know, we, we had talked about in the past a while a while back. Um, yeah. But there's some beautiful uh, glitch screenshots that are definitely still saved on my PC from their Batman game. Uh, of like characters rendering but just their eyeballs that's great i love that i love that that stuff in those games but um yeah yeah michonne definitely had some bug issues and some glitches that i was surprised about that they happened one of the main things i want or two of the main last things that i want to talk about is michonne felt way too short like it was three (laughs) episodes they were quick it was a self-contained story. It was a good self-contained story, and I understand the source material where it's coming from is in the comic book where it took place where Michonne left the party for a brief amount of time and then went back to Rick in the party. I remember that, and um, I understand that there isn't a ton of source material there, so they can't really, quote-unquote, expand upon that too much if they want to stay faithful, but... When I was playing it, I was enjoying it so much playing as Michonne that I wish 
that they did a full season of that instead of like the three episodes. Yeah. I wish they would have done the five to six that they had normally been doing. I really wanted more from Michonne. Yeah. And, and I think the whole, well, they didn't have the source material thing. Yes. But also they just made up a whole new character for the, for their own games. And that worked really well. I, I think, I feel like they could have added more here, but maybe they just, I don't know. I, I don't know what sort of, maybe, maybe this was all that they were asked for. Like we just, we, we just want that comic book art told in the game. Like There's maybe that was, maybe it was the whole goal. Right. There's definitely more restrictions you're working with when you're working with a known character. You don't yeah. have that freedom to kind of be like, well, you can't, we, this character needs to end in a certain place or it doesn't work. And Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could kind of do whatever as long as they wind up in the same place, but also... But that still hamstrings you to a degree. And, and Yeah, that, and you, you, again, like I was saying, you don't know if they were just ordered. No, just make it like the comics. Like, exactly. Yeah. Um, Sort of a thing. It it really could have been something as simple as that. Like this was a lower budget thing. Just just get it done. Sort of a a job. Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because it feels so good because it's so compact and it's it's a very bright and short story. But there were characters that were being introduced, and I felt like there were layers to some of the characters they were introducing. And I would I would love to see more dynamics mm. with those characters and like Michonne and oh, yeah. her crew. And then to some of those characters that were like introduced as really interesting, um, the, their fates are obviously being in this, this, this world of the walking dead there. Most of their fates are not a favorable fate. And so you're like, Oh, this character is really interesting. I hope we'll see more of them. Oh, he's fucked. <laughs> he got shot. <laughs> All right. You know, and that's, that's, yeah. that's kind of the, well, I'm going to miss old Troy. That's the kind of the calling part of this series as a whole but i felt like if they had the full five episodes they could have done a little bit more expansion upon that but maybe it would have felt like it was being um fluffed out and it would have been filler who knows but i wanted a full full on season of it i i wanted more full on raw yeah no no that that makes sense because she's one of the few intelligent characters in that series and they're always the more fun ones to follow someone that doesn't make terrible choices yeah, yeah. All, all the time yeah and that brings me kind of to my larger point and this is um i don't know if it's indirectly a takeaway from creating this game it felt more like um you know the overall theme of it is can't live in the past gotta stay in the present um with michonne's story love in the fast lane with her children but the thing that i really liked about um, playing through Michonne was, and it's something I've realized so much so that I'm planning for us to do a topic on this in the near future, is that there's been a lot of representation of males and fatherhood in video games, especially within the past five to 10 years. Um, as millennials have gotten older, we've seen more of that representation in gaming. But we have not really seen a lot of representation of motherhood in gaming in the way of it being a main character and yeah. it being kind of how, how women struggle with motherhood and making those difficult decisions in various situations. Um, we saw, we yeah. saw Can't wait um, for the Sophie's choice of video games. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, we, we've seen um, 
we've seen games in the in the truly the near recent of present him. with um strong female protagonists a lot but we haven't mm-hmm. really seen that exploration of motherhood uh in video game for to the degree that i felt that i got to experience it with michonne um obviously mm-hmm. it's not a perfect representation of that it's michonne dealing with the grief of losing her children in a zombie apocalypse and the the guilt she feels for playing a part in that but i that's obviously one very distinct specific scenario but i would love to see that concept explored more with protagonists female protagonists um in gaming it's something that i think the the media is largely void of and it needs to be explored more and i would i would love to experience those um stories and being yeah. told in those ways uh i i really honestly enjoyed michonne's story and it left me wanting that's part of the reason why it left me wanting more is because her struggles to deal with the grief of what happened and her and dealing with motherhood and i was like wow this is really profound this is something that you know i've never had to think about on an average basis or really had to deal with of ever and it's something that allowed me even if it's a fictionalized uh fantasy story allowed me to experience that to some degree and it was important for me to experience that and it was enjoyable and i i I just wish more we had more opportunities for that not to say they don't exist um i'm sure there are indie games out there that i'm not privy to that do that but i just hope that there are more games out there um or more devs out there that are looking at that and saying, hey, let's create more games that explore motherhood with a protagonist. Yeah. For sure. That's my soapbox moment for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed Michonne. Um, you know, it, it honestly, playing those those two games has just made me sad for what happened with Telltale like, all over. Not nearly as bad, but um, as when it first got announced. But, uh, man, I... I miss what Telltale was doing. Yeah, they were doing good. They were doing good things for a while. At some point, the last thing uh, I want to briefly mention is Midnight Fight Express. Um, I went to boot this game up before the podcast, and I did not even get to play the game. Um, well, thanks for hanging out. <laughs> yeah. No, there's been a known issue. Um, I I looked it up online, where basically. You boot up the game and it's loading the game and you get stuck at the loading screen and it just sits Ugh. there. And you can see the animation, but um the loading screen just sits there. And I was like, what the fuck is going on with this game? So I I restarted the game, same issue. And the research I found, because they're working on a on a patch for that right now, but the workaround has to be one of the fucking funniest workarounds i've ever heard which is why i the only reason why i'm bringing it up on the show uh somebody found a workaround where basically you go to your xbox profile and you change your profile picture and once you do that i restart the game and it gets past the loading i love that 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 makes me i mean I, i i really identify with that of just you know sometimes you see a gamer and you you just don't like their face. <laughs> You're like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, get do fuck better, nerd. gamer. Mm-hmm. TM. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, one of the weirdest workarounds I've ever heard. I didn't do that it is yet. So funny. 
So what you're gonna want to do is get your penis out. <laughs> no thanks. I, I decided that I wasn't gonna. <laughs> I decided it's not that important to me, and I went and uh, got some achievements on Untitled Goose Game before I came here. There you go. Which I thought was a solid choice. I do love that game. Oh yeah, that's 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 a fun one to achievement hunt in because it really just makes you, you know, look at the situations in ways you might not have your first time through there. It's just it's a fun game just to poke at. It's it, it yeah. It is. It's a great game. I love that game a lot. I played all of that game in an airport. (laughs) Perfect. As you should. As you should. Uh, But that's pretty much it for the show um, this week. So on the back end of things, I want to say thank you for listening. If you want more content from us, head over to... What? Just keep going. It's fine. What? (laughs) Finish the fucking show, Shane. I can't. You guys keep interrupting me every 30 seconds. Don't throw Josh under the bus. This is all me. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Rich, you keep interrupting me every 30 seconds. Uh, now, if you head over to sorgechomp.com, uh, we have more podcasts. Uh, Rich just recently uh, worked on an episode that's going to be getting up here very soon. Should be up already as of this coming out. Oh, okay, cool. What is it on? Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2. Where was my invite for that, motherfucker? It was, but the scheduling didn't work out. You were in the the States when we were recording it. Oh, that's right. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, I cussed. It's all right. Sorry, Dad. When we do uh, the bad ones, three and Knuckles, you can come. I didn't even play those ones. Great. Come anyway. (laughs) All right. That's... I was going to make a sex joke, but never mind. Um, Anyways. So Rich got up a new episode on that. Uh, We just got up a new episode on chomping after dark uh josh and i sat down and talked about crosscode and it was a much lengthier in-depth conversation than i think either him or i expected uh it's a fantastic episode if i do say so myself we talked about um ai with the state of ai and like the future of ai because that's the kind of conversation that is prompted from this game and what sentient life means all sorts of stuff please go check out that episode it's it was a really fun episode to record. Um, so we have new podcast episodes up across multiple feeds, so check that out. Uh, we have an article section where um, we write reviews on games. We write think, we write think pieces. We have the occasional guide. Um, I just got a review up, on, or not up, but I just got a review written on Coffee Talk, um, which Rich should be putting up here in a few days. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate you. I've got a long weekend coming with the holidays, so there'll be content going up. Cool. I, I have a few other reviews in the works right now, so there's going to be a steady flow of content going into that article section. So if you are a person who likes to read or wants to hear um, the writing voice of one of us, check out that section. Like I said, uh, Rich also has a uh, review on Saints Row going up here very soon. So. Be on the lookout for that stuff. Um, if you want merch from us, head over to store.sorechomp.com. And um, last but not least, if you want to join an awesome community of uh, like-minded gamers who we all talk about all sorts of things, not just games, but everything else, um, head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp where you can sign up for all sorts of tiers uh you will be rewarded for um giving your hard-earned money to us and all that money goes right back into the show 
it's 100% uh, listener funded and it helps us make other uh, pieces of content like all the other podcasts that we're doing, all the articles we're doing and stuff. It helps fund us on the time and energy and money and everything that goes into that. So if you're interested in that, head on over there. Please check all that out. But with all that out of the way, I just want to say thank you again to you, the listener. Thank you for checking out the show. Um, thank you to Josh and Rich for being here, um, interrupting me, mainly Rich. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Thank you guys for, uh, yeah, fuck you too. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, thank, uh, thank you guys both for being here. I appreciate it. Listening of to me ramble and throw some, throw some ideas off of me. Um, I was 24 hours early to this podcast and we started late. <sighs> yeah, that's, that's the, that's the, the usual here, but, uh, Thank you so much. We will be back next week with another episode of the Chopcast. Be well and take care. And Rich, what's that you say at the end of every episode now? That's what we say. <laughs> <laughs>